listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Broncos This Week podcast. I'm Ryan Schweitzer. He's Craig Boschman. Uh, Craig Boschman insisting that he was going to be at the gym at 6 o'clock this morning, but jammed. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to wear that one. I told you last night after the game I was going to be there, and then I woke up right at 6.15, and I, I knew you were there already, and I was just like, man, I want to, but there's just no chance it's happening. Sorry, big day from the brew pub. He's always there first thing in the morning. He keeps the mood light and keeps everyone company. It's all good. Uh, big night tonight in downtown Swift Current. Uh, downtown Christmas tree lighting. Some players are going to be making an appearance there, as are hundreds, if not thousands, of Swift Current people. Huge event every year, and your first one, eh? Yeah, all players are going to be there. Uh, they'll be wearing their jerseys so you know exactly who you're talking to um, I've heard it's a major major event and according to Isaac Poulter it's always uh, the rookie's job to, to sing a Christmas carol or two so uh, looking forward to hearing the angelic voices of uh, players such <laughs> as Aiden Bullich and Casper Pudio should be a fun uh, down at uh, Market Square there a chance to maybe uh, meet a lot of fans that I haven't uh, had the opportunity to meet with yet so really looking forward to it alright yeah downtown Christmas tree lighting the festivities officially kick off around 7 o'clock but people usually arrive much earlier than that Santa Claus will be arriving I know that He's usually escorted there by the Swift Current Fire Department. So it's it's always a fun night in Swift Current, the downtown Christmas tree lighting, and awesome that it's not going to be minus 40 this year with any sort of wind chill. That's always an added bonus, too. Uh, feature guest on Broncos this week, uh, he's, he's kind of been the talk of hockey over the past <laughs> seven days, Justin Dowling, a guy who's worked for years and years to become an overnight success. Yeah, big uh, big thanks to Justin, uh, not only for doing the interview, but for being so, so quick to respond. Uh, sent him a message on Twitter and it was probably not even three hours later he said yep I'm totally down let's find a time that works and uh, they had games against Vancouver at home on Tuesday and uh, Winnipeg tonight so yesterday morning we were able to chat with him for about half an hour and uh, got some stories from his time here in Swift Current uh, some some stories about his minor league days uh, in the East Coast and um, you know a guy who you know like you said has worked for years and years and is uh, a great example of what dedication and perseverance and, and hard work and never stopping to believe in yourself can do for you not drafted in the WHL not drafted in the NHL and now he's uh, lining up with Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. Yeah, exactly. Playing some big line minutes with the Dallas Stars and yeah, a, a guy that's never been drafted in his life and uh, and also a class guy as well. When the interview was over, d- he DM'd the Broncos just to make sure that we got one message in too. Yeah, he said he, he forgot to, to say a huge thanks to his billets here in Swift Current, uh, Scott and Tana Audette, uh, so he was he was adamant that we we mentioned that uh, before we, we posted this podcast, so uh, just kind of tells you the kind of person that, uh, that Justin Justin is and a guy who you love to have uh, as an alum for an organization and and he had nothing but good things to say about his time here. Well yeah certainly so we very much uh, look forward to hearing that chat with Justin Dowling and the Swift Current Broncos on the ice uh, since our last podcast two wins and an unfortunate loss last night against Lethbridge. Yeah nice to get those two victories um, you know in very different fashions the the kind of lopsided win against uh, Moose Jaw which also showed some good resilience from the team to battle back down 3-1 not something we've seen a whole lot of this year and then um, you know holding on for for dear life, I think it's fair to say against the Regina Pats getting outshot 23 to three in the third, but uh, major props to Isaac Poulter. He was outstanding in that uh, in Regina to pick up that two, one win, very deserving uh, first star performance, 48 saves. He finished with, um, but then as you mentioned, uh, you know, a tough one against Lethbridge on home ice. Uh, I mean, Lethbridge, I think as of right now is the number one team in the league after that win. Um, they've got a ton of dangerous players and then they were pretty much all on, on full display uh, yesterday at the Iplex. So you knew it was going to be a tough battle. And uh, unfortunately the, the Lethbridge Hurricanes, 
Vikings kind of ran away with it, um, you know, pretty much right from puck drop. So a uh, tough test for the Broncos, but a chance to, to bounce right back tomorrow night as they've got the Regina Pats here for 57's night. 57's night tomorrow night. The uh, Swift Current Broncos wearing the orange and green of the Swift Current 57's, a team that has really personified excellence in uh, in the WCBL over the past few years, multiple league championships and whatnot. And tomorrow night, a special night up in the broadcast booth as well. Yeah, we're going to have a new uh, color commentator joining our broadcast, uh, I think mostly for home games, uh, maybe the odd road game here and there, but um, Chloe Smith, who is a former um, Swift Current uh, Diamond Energy female uh, midget AAA Wildcat, a uh, couple years there, a couple years at the University of Saskatchewan with the Huskies, um, now back in town here working and, um, you know, express some interest in coming on the broadcast and then kind of being a part of the team. So she was up in the broadcast booth uh, during the game uh, yesterday, kind of just taking it in and then seeing what the process was like and um, said she'll be ready to go for the game tomorrow night. So she'll be making her uh, her broadcast debut on, on color commentary tomorrow against Regina. Really looking forward to have somebody to kind of bounce ideas off of and uh, be able to chat with on air and so people can not have to listen to me talk and blab for three straight hours. So it'll be nice to get her on there and uh, really looking forward to having her on. Yeah, that'll be a great addition. I'd like to welcome Chloe Smith to the Swift Current Broncos family. She'll be joining us tomorrow night as a color analyst on Living Sky Casino Broncos Hockey. All right, coming up in the much more immediate future, we'll have a chat with uh, Swift Current Broncos head coach and director of hockey operations, Dean Brockman. And then our feature guest chat with alum Justin Dowling. This is Broncos This Week. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Coaches segment, Dean Brockman joining us right now. Dean, uh, I'm sure you're anxious to talk about last night's loss against Lethbridge, but uh, b- before we get to that, uh, and I know you'll, you'll probably be upset at me for bringing this up because you're not an I-me type guy, but uh, congratulations on the uh, Saskatchewan Hockey Hall of Fame induction there. That uh, that must have been a nice call to receive, eh? Uh, you know what? Uh, it was, uh, but really, yeah, I'm not. Uh, let's move on if we can. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, to be honest, that just means I'm old, fat, and gray. That's all that means. And uh, you know what? It, it was the people that were around me that made that happen. So, you know what? I just happened to be the lucky guy on the spot to be the recipient of a lot of good people around me. Well, uh, the three games uh, since we last uh, had a podcast here, two wins, and then, uh, of course, the loss against Lethbridge last night. I guess uh, we'll kind of go back to the first one. Uh, last Saturday, the first home game uh, in three weeks for your team. And, uh, boy, what a what a return home against Moose Jaw. Yeah, I know it was good. I think uh, our guys were excited to be at home and, uh, you know, you know, really going through their own routine. And I think uh, for us, uh, you know, the simplicity of the game made the success. Uh, and when I say that is, uh, you know, we were competing. Uh, we were putting pucks towards the net. You know, we're finding loose pucks. Uh, you know, we were, you know, I thought we were pretty resilient. I thought we did, you know, a lot of good things. Uh, obviously, nothing was perfect, but, you know, it was a good way to, to come back home. And, and we felt the electricity from the fans in the building. So it was a lot of fun. And that resiliency carried on into a game in the Brand Center against the Regina Pats. Uh, you know, it's a, I thought a solid team effort through two periods. And you guys found a way to win in the third. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, maybe the first 10 minutes of that game was uh, what we wanted or how the start we wanted uh, you know but we got a big hit from Benny and he took a penalty on it but I thought it changed the momentum of the game and we got a big kill and and really from the next 30 minutes I thought we were pretty good we had lots of chances you know 
and then it was the Poulter show. He was great in the third period. Um, you know, I mean, that's everybody knows that. And you know, I thought our guys uh, did some good stuff with with getting pucks out of the zone. You know, we panicked at times, and that's a team that hasn't won a lot or hasn't found a lot of success yet. And uh, some people say it's an ugly win, but and there's going to be times when your goalie has to steal you games, and uh, Isaac Poulter shows that he's capable of doing that for you. Yeah, I know. Great kid, great goalie, and that's just where it comes to. And uh, yeah, I mean, nothing more you can say. Uh, you know, you can't uh, make the saves for him. He has to do it, and you know, I thought he did a great job. And you know, he's such a positive, you know, person. So you know, good on him, and uh, it's uh, w- that would have been a great feeling for him, I'm sure. You know, you touched on Matthew Benson and his game uh, in Regina, and last night, albeit a bit of an early exit, and something that the league may have a look at. But uh, you know, t- talk about the acquisition of him—a big physical defenseman who I don't want to use the term throwback because he seems to still be able to play in today's game but you know what what does he bring to the table well just exactly what you said uh, you know there's a little bit of that you know edge to his game that you know we felt we were lacking and uh, yeah you know I, I think he's going to be sitting down here for a little bit and getting a rest I mean that's that's a tough situation because you know he competes hard and you know you do want to change the complexion of the game or or spark the team in some way but you know that's that's today's game and, and you know and it's probably the old game too you, you can't hit somebody without the puck but you know I'd rather uh, have that aggression and and trying to change the complexion of the game than sitting back and waiting for things to happen we knew it was going to be a tough game against Lethbridge uh, I think they now sit in first in the league after that win so you knew it was a big test coming in they've got some big offensive weapons and uh, they were kind of on display last night yeah you know a lot of first round picks in their lineup right you know so and those guys are on display and you have to have those types of guys to to be you know where they are and uh, I mean yeah they got a lot of weapons uh, I thought we just you know sat back a little bit too much uh, you know I thought you know we we gave them too much respect I think you know we had to close gaps and when we didn't we got hemmed and uh, you know we have to take those chances and try and uh, you know force to play a little bit more you know and then we got back to our old ways of just you know throwing pucks high on net and not looking for for shots where we can get second opportunities so, yeah, frustrating game for everyone. Uh, not everyone, uh, you know, was kind of labeled the same way. We had some guys I thought, you know, Hank was good. Cully was good. There were certain guys that were playing really hard right till the end. And, you know, that's we need that. You know, we need that from guys. And unfortunately, it was a, you know, it was a loss. We've talked about him a few times on the podcast, but uh, Hendrick DeClerc leading your team in plus minus. You know, what what is it about his game that, uh, you know, in, in particular is, is getting him success in that particular stat is intelligence you know he plays with intelligence and does the right things uh, you know sees the ice fairly well you know never over commits uh, you know to anything so yeah you know he's just a very intelligent player you know always has his feet moving he's always you know got his head on a swivel he knows where he wants to go with the puck before he gets it and you know that's that's just something that's natural that's not something you can teach and uh, you know he's obviously worked on his game and studies it very well you and I talked about the captain, Ethan Rennie, before the game yesterday, and sure enough, he gets another goal to make it 3-1 at the time. It just uh, adds that immediate impact to the lineup, but his ability to, to get big goals uh, seems to be something that's working well for him lately. Yeah, I know for sure. Uh, you know, we like Ethan a lot, and, you know, I mean, certainly, you know, he... 
you know, he's scoring goals and we need him to, and he, and he's doing it for us. Uh, you know, I mean, certainly I think there's aspects of the game last night where, he, you know, he was frustrated with, and you could see that at times and, and, and that's him, you know, he wants to be, you know, you know, a player that competes hard and does a lot of good things. And, you know, he, he's always got effort you never have to worry about that. You know, certainly sometimes, uh, you know, it's too much effort at times and then he gets laid back a little bit and not enough. So, but that's, you know, just a little bit of those things, but, uh, you know, really for us, he's been a really good player for the second time in a short period of time, you get, uh, the Regina Pats on the schedule tomorrow night here at the innovation credit union, Iplex, uh, you know, what, what's the, what's the mindset going into that one? Well, you know, we're just kind of trying to assemble who we're going to have on our back end. We've got, you know, some injury, maybe a suspension, uh, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, we're just trying to assess that. We know that they're going to come in here and want to do the same that we did to them. And, uh, you know, we'll go back to Isaac because he, you know, did a great job. And I think for us, uh, again, uh, you know what, we're just going to try and, you know, stay in the game, play hard, compete, you know, throw pucks on net, do all the things that I don't think we did a very good job at last night. And, you know, battle away. You know, it's a tough week, three games and four nights. And we have to make sure we get everybody moving. 57's night as well. And uh, with the Regina Pats in town, I think there's always an extra uh, excitement for a game when Regina's here. But the 57's night kind of adds an extra element to it as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, Joe Carhan, you just anything, anytime you read about the guy or what he's done in this community, it's it's unbelievable. I think uh, what a program he's put together. And, you know, we can use some of his examples to move forward. And, you know, that's a it's a great thing to have in the city. That baseball is is a great sport uh, that everyone should follow and go to and yeah it's it's great to be a part of that and even to don their colors uh, you know it's a real honor the green and orange swift current bronco is in action tomorrow night against the regina pats dean we uh, we thank you for for taking some time to chat with us today awesome thanks man you're listening to broncos this week presented by original 16 the official beer of the swift current broncos Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16. We've got a very uh, special guest joining us on the line now, a guy who at the time of the recording of this podcast has three goals in his last four NHL games. Justin Dowling joins us on the phone from Dallas, Texas. Now, Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. I mean, you must be kind of on cloud nine right now with three goals in your last four games. I mean, you must be feeling so good lately. Yeah, yeah, the... The confidence is, is feeling feeling good right now. I mean, um, things are things are rolling for the team, and I just uh, I'm fortunate enough to to be a part of it. And um, obviously, scoring goals is nice, and um, the team success right now is going eleven one and one in in our last fourteen or thirteen games. Sorry, so. Obviously, uh, the team success is translating into success for me, so it's been good. Well, and before we shift to the team success, uh, one more note. You could have had two goals yesterday. You had one waved off in the first two minutes or so with the offside <laughs> play. So, I mean, things yeah. just seem to be going perfectly for you right now. Yeah, that, uh, that's the second time I've been nabbed by the <laughs> offside video review rule. So, that's unfortunate. But, yeah, it was nice to get it back and um, – Actually, I think that was the third time I've been, <laughs> so I've been safe, caught by that. So safe yeah, to I had, say you're... I had one last year, too. Well, then safe to say you're not a huge fan of the whole offside uh, coaches challenge, then. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely like it if it, if it went away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Justin, uh, you know, a lot a lot of fans in Dallas right now have really taken a notice to what you're doing. As Craig said, three goals in your last four games. But it's got to be really rewarding because to a lot of people, you're an overnight success. But, I mean, this is a pro career that's been 14 years in the making. And, and now it must be nice to, to see some of those rewards, eh? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a, a long journey, that's for sure, since I turned pro and when I was 21 and working my way up through the minors and uh, playing in the uh, playing in the coaster in the lockout, I mean, it's been a it's been a crazy journey and it's amazing that it's led me to here and then now playing in Dallas and um, very grateful for everyone I've been and I think it's I think uh, it's helped me become the player that I am and um, I mean just all the the ups and downs I've had I think it's helped me to be able to persevere and, and come back and, and now be able to contribute and play at uh, the highest level. Well, and let's kind of go back to, to where it all began for you. Uh, born and raised in Cochrane, I believe, and played your Bantam and Airdrie. Had a really good Bantam year, almost two points a game, and yet didn't get drafted into the Western Hockey League. Did that kind of catch you off guard? Yeah, it was it was definitely tough on me, especially being young, and that's kind of the dream when you're young is to get drafted to the, to the dub. It's it's almost like getting drafted to the NHL when you when you're 18. It's it's a huge moment, a big deal. I remember growing up watching the Hitmen, so I always thought they were superstars and and the the biggest deal. And um, obviously, not getting drafted was um, definitely a kick to the stomach. But I mean, I was super small back then too. I I think I was just barely pushing five feet, so I was small, and um, I kind of understood where they were coming from and. Um, I mean, I got lots of invites to camps and stuff. And then my dad, uh, my dad knew some people in the current organization, and uh, that's where I came to camp. And I mean, it didn't. I don't think it took two days afterwards to get listed with them. So I mean, obviously that was huge for me, and um, I, d- I definitely wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, what do you remember about those early days in the Western Hockey League? Uh, the Swift Current Broncos, they they listed you, they AP'd you for three games as a 16-year-old. You you had three assists. It, what do you remember about, uh, you know, those first few games in the WHL way way back in that 06-07 season? Yeah, um, I just remember everyone being, like, really big, really fast. Um, I Again, I was super small. I, I, didn't, I didn't start growing until I... Um, so probably my 16 or 17 year old year, I was I was tiny. I didn't weigh anything. I was I was super small. And I remember one of the um, one of the first games. There was a huge fight between two guys who was like six foot five, and I was like, "Holy man, what did I get myself into? These guys are <laughs> massive." So I, I remember being a little intimidated, a little shy, but um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was awesome. I I still keep in contact with guys that I played in that first year when I went up and played three games I still talked to Zach Smith and and Dale Weiss and Eric Doyle I'm really good friends with so it's it's amazing the friendships you make especially in junior well and you made the jump full-time to the league next year in 07 08 and your midget season prior you played 36 games and then you played 71 in the Western League I mean how much of an adjustment was that for you yeah it's it's crazy playing Friday Saturday every weekend for a few months in midget to, to going and playing, you know, every Wednesday, Friday, Saturday for seven months. It's, it's a big difference. And not only that, but then you got to travel and you're sitting on a bus for hours at a time going on 
seven, eight, nine day road trips. It just, it's long and it's, it's hard on the body. And I don't think people understand that. So you actually get into it and start doing it. People just think you're going out and playing hockey and it should be fun and easy and it should be the best time of your life. Well, sometimes it's hard and it's difficult and it's, it's tiring, especially on a young kid who sometimes just wants to be at home and sit with his friends and, or be with his family. It's, it makes for long road trips sometimes, but on the other side of that, it's, it's also where you make some of your greatest friendships and nice, like I said, I still keep in t- contact with everyone I played junior with. Jordan Evans, who I played with in Swift Current, he uh, he was one of the groomsmen in my wedding. So it's, you make some of your best friendships on the on the on those long road trips. Now you had a pretty good rookie season with 28 points, but the thing that kind of just jumped out to me right now when I looked at your stat line it was four penalty minutes. How'd you only take two penalties in 71 games? I don't know. I, I've actually been known to do that. I mean, my first year that I played in Texas, I didn't get my first penalty till January, I think. And I and I think I only ended up with four penalty minutes, to be honest. I think it was something like that. I had, or maybe it was six, but I don't know. I've always been known to, to be a guy that just doesn't take that many penalties. This year, it was weird. I had three to start out the year, and I was like, oh, man, what's going on here? And Coaches are wondering why, why I'm taking so many penalties. And I was like, guys, I've taken three, and I, I bet you I won't get another one for another two months. So it's just, I don't know. It's, I'm good with my stick, and I try and keep it out of the way and try, try and keep a stick-on-puck mentality so it's not getting in people's feet or up in their waist or anywhere I can hook them or hold them or anything like that. So I don't know. It's, it's weird, but it's nice. I mean, I'd rather be on the ice than in the penalty box. Penalty box tenants have no idea who this guy is. Uh, <laughs> Dallas, going way back yeah. to, uh, you know, and I know that you've been back to town a few times for the Alumni Golf Classic and whatnot, but, uh, you know, what do you remember about that uh, that arrival in Swift Current and, you know, some of the things that you guys did off the ice in your playing days? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Swift Current's a smaller town, so there's, there's not a ton to do if you compare it to say Calgary or Edmonton or Van or one of the bigger cities. But um, I think that's what made it makes some of the Swift current teams so close and they gel so well together. It's because everyone's always doing stuff together. It's, guys aren't 20, 25 minutes apart living from each other. It's everyone's five minutes apart. and um, It just seems like everyone's always getting together. I remember, it was like every, every Sunday, Monday, it was just, we'd have guys, there'd be 15 of us just sitting at a guy's house playing video games or, or doing whatever. And I know when uh, Stephen Hilda Schmidt had Cody Eakin at their place, I know every Monday there would be seven, eight, nine of us that would go over there and we'd, we'd do grilled cheese Mondays every, every week. Like it was just <laughs> one of those things where um, it's just such a small community that everyone's so close to each other. And since there's not a, a ton to do around there, um, Getting together is kind of one of the best things for for everyone on the team. Now, your following year in Swift Current, uh, you more than doubled your points, and that was your NHL draft year as well, 66 points in 71 games. And, again, you don't hear your name called in the NHL. Was it that same feeling as when you didn't get drafted in the Western League? Yeah, it was, it was definitely the same feeling. It hurt a little more, though. I, I thought I'd put up good numbers, and I remember leading up to the draft, there were some teams that said if I was still kicking around in the third and fourth rounds, they would take me. So I was kind of expecting to go and I was really excited. And obviously the day came and the family's super excited. We're kind of watching the drafts and stuff. And then, um, 
yeah, then my name never got called, and I just remember being super upset, my dad coming over and kind of giving me a hug, saying it's going to be okay, we're going to just do it the same way as we did in the Western League. And um, Again, I, I, I think... I think it helped me. It was just—it's one of those moments where it helped me become the the person that I am. It's just another way of persevering through something, and um, just seems like I've always taken the long road to to where I've gotten. And that was just another step in it. And it's a it's a good character trait to have to be able to turn that kind of disappointment into motivation. I mean, how quickly did that transition happen for you from being you know upset to not getting drafted to saying I'm going to use this to get better? Yeah, it's. I mean, my my parents are always good with that stuff. It's um, like I said, as soon as I didn't get drafted, my dad came over and said, "We're just going to do this again, like we did in the Western League." And I had a really good uh, career in the Western League, and obviously, he knew that, um, or he had faith in me to to be able to make it and and get to the next level and turn pro and stuff. So, um, I know growing up, that's the way my parents always lived: is uh, never give up, kind of. Um, always put your best foot forward and see what happens. And I'm glad that that's a trait that I got from them. And it's um, obviously still going on now. It took me a long time to get to the NHL full time. So um, it's it's still something that I, I instill in what I do today. And, and hopefully it continues. Well, I'm glad you brought up your parents because I want to segue into uh, your mom who's enjoying her 15 minutes of hockey fame right now for missing <laughs> your first goal. What was the uh, what was the conversation like with mom after after that game? Uh, what the hell were you doing? Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, I thought it was hilarious, but I didn't know that until the guy told me when I was uh, doing the my interview with Sportsnet, and I had no idea. And then, but I mean, I I thought it was hilarious. Who goes to a who who goes to a sporting event doesn't have a beer in their hand, right? So, <laughs> well, those Cal- I thought it was perfect. I mean, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, and, and Cal the Saddle Dome famous for its beer, so you can't really blame her too much for that. But but yeah, carry on. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the dome foam. You got you got to <laughs> get it every time. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was funny. I mean, we got TVs and highlights and whatever nowadays, so it doesn't matter. She still had enough times, and I'm glad she was able to get her little little claim to fame there. I mean, when we played in Edmonton later on in that road trip, she said she was walking around the, the rank, and people were like, I know who you are. You're the, the lady dealing with the beer. Can I get a picture? And she, she said she took, like, 50 to 20 photos that day just with random people that wanted to see her. So I'm glad I'm glad she got, got a kick out of it and that, yeah, she had a little claim to fame. She might be more famous than you. How do you feel about that? <laughs> hey, that's fine. <laughs> she can have it. Yeah. Your um your last year in Swift Current, you were named the team's captain. Uh, tell us about the conversation you had with. Uh, I'm guessing Mark Lamb was kind of the one to to break the news to you. Tell us about uh, that conversation when he uh, wanted you to be the captain of the team. Yeah, it was it was actually a weird. Uh, it was a really weird day because obviously the team was struggling. Um, we were a little younger at that time, and uh, my 20-year-old year, I was, um, I kind of had a feeling that maybe I'd go somewhere that was a contender, and actually, Mark pulled me in, I don't know if it might have been a week or so before the deadline, and um, said if we are going to trade Cody, that I was probably going to be involved in the trade, so just to be prepared, and I remember uh, that morning, I think we were going to Med Hat, and, uh, Cody gets traded to, 
to Kootenay. So I'm I'm kind of sitting there wondering, like, okay, I must I must be getting traded. So I call my parents, and I'm just like, hey, just a heads up, might not be playing today. I, I there's a there I have a feeling that I might be getting traded. Um, so just giving you guys the heads up. And then we get to the rink, and um, Lammer calls me in the office. I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> so I had like a ton of mixed emotions. And he calls me and he says, hey, Dallas, so I, I want to let you know that uh, we're going to make you the full-time captain here and, and congratulations. And then I just had a ton of mixed emotions. Like it was just crazy because I was fully expecting to, to leave and I was going to have to say bye to all my friends. And then all of a sudden I'm the captain and like what an honor that was. And I'd never been a captain before. So it was just crazy to take on a completely different role. But I think being captain there helped me to um, be an assistant captain when I, when I went to Texas and then eventually being the captain there as well. So I, I think it was a huge stepping stone for me. Yeah. And you, you know, you talked about going to Texas and uh, you know, it's just amazing the swift current connections within that stars organization. I'll probably forget a few names here, but you know, there's yourself, Dylan Hetherington recently, Julius Honka, Landon Bow, uh, Taylor Vaz playing there as well. You know, w- when you're in that organization and there's all those other guys that have been through swift, uh, d- did you ever have any, any swifty stories exchanged in the room there? <laughs> oh yeah. There's been times. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. It's sometimes the guys give us a hard time, and just because I, I like I don't know, they always have the the old saying of "cut the cord." Because yeah, we bring it up quite a bit the the days of Swift Current. I mean, it was such a it was such a great time in all our lives. I mean, you never hear a bad thing about playing in Swift Current. It's again, like I said, I, I've I have so many friendships from there, and, and some of my best friends are are from guys that I played with in Swift Current, but. Yeah, it's funny just to see the connection with Dallas. I mean, Lamb coach there. Um, then you got Cody, who's now in Vegas, but he was with Dallas. And then, yeah, you got Heater, Bozy, Vozzy. It's just, it's it's crazy, the connection that's, that's between the, the Broncos and Dallas. I don't know if, if there's something going on there or what, but it's just a, just a weird uh, coincidence. After your final year junior, uh, it was a tough year for the Broncos, didn't make the playoffs, and then you kind of make that jump to, to professional with a uh, trial with the Abbotsford Heat. Uh, how did that all come together for you, and then how did you feel about those first couple of games in uh, pro hockey? Yeah, obviously the, the year in Swift uh, didn't go according to plan, and I actually ended the year on the, on the IR that year. I, I ended up fracturing my ankle. Um, in like the most bizarre way possible too. I was walking in my billet house and um, it had, it was one of those weird days where it did like the freezing rain and then at night it snowed. So you couldn't see anything on the road. And uh-huh. I ended up fracturing my ankle, just walking up the steps into my billet house. And I miss, yeah, like a month and a half, two months of the season. It, and then I go, right from the end of the season and go right up to Abbotsford and I missed the first like three games there because I'm still rehabbing it. So my first couple of games at the pro level, I was still playing hurt. So it was weird. I, I didn't feel my best. I didn't feel like I could play at my best or give it my all because I was kind of hobbling around on one foot. But just the experience of, of learning the way of pro hockey and going on the road and and how things work up there and how guys take care of their bodies and, and just how they, they're professionals at what they do and 
Um, I definitely worked a lot, and I was, I think I played seven, seven-ish games there, and we were in a playoff push there too in Abbotsford, so it was, it was just crazy to see the mentality and um, how every, oh, it's just a, it's now a job, and it's your livelihood and, and the way these guys treat it. Yeah, and then the year after that, uh, up and down between the ECHL and the uh, and the AHL, probably lots of miles traveled there. But uh, but what were those first uh, few full time seasons like uh, as a pro in, in in helping you get where you are today? Yeah, I think it was I think it was good to to go down and play some games on the coast that year. And, um, I wasn't playing that much in Abbotsford. I remember sitting out like probably. 10 to 11 straight games at one point. So I wasn't really playing much hockey. I was just watching it. It's tough to, to get better, especially when you're a young guy. It's tough to, to hone your craft when you're sitting and watching the press box and you're practicing, but you're practicing on like the fifth line. You're not really a part of the drill. So it's tough to get involved. But then when I went down to, to Utah, I was kind of one of the go-to guys there with Mitch Wall. So it was just, it made it, it made it easier to adjust to the pro level where I could kind of go and do what I was doing in Swift Current, um, translate it to pro hockey and be able to play the game that I, that, that I play, which is making plays and holding on to pucks and um, trying to be crafty and creative out there. And I just wasn't being able to do that in Abbotsford. So I think going down to Utah, I think that was super beneficial for me. Your first two full pro seasons were split between the AHL and the ECHL. I've heard stories about the ECHL. There's a joke that it stands for easy to come, hard to leave. Do you have any stories about your time within Utah and Idaho that people might hear and think, this is exactly what I think when I think of the ECHL? Uh, yeah, during that lockout year when I was in Idaho, um, I actually got headbutted. The guy who... It, it was insane. Not just like a normal head, but I was like, the the goalie covered the puck, and then there's just a scrum out front. And obviously, I'm a smaller guy, so I wasn't getting involved too much. But I, I grabbed a guy just to, you know, how guys just grab a find a guy and grab him. So I did that, and then um, one of their fighters just came over and took off his helmet. And as soon as I see him, he's got tattoos down the side of his head, like the guys off Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> I was like, holy man, what are, you, well, what are you doing? And then with his helmet off, just grabs me by the cuff of my shoulder pads and just headbutts me as hard as he can. And I have my helmet on. So now he has a big gash across his forehead and then he's screaming at me and there's blood going down his face. And that that was one of my welcome to the East Coast moments. So <laughs> it was it was pretty crazy. Oh, and then, uh, it, but you put up good numbers there, 46 points in uh, 34 games. And uh, after that, it looked like a, a full-time job in the AHL with the uh, with the Texas Stars. Uh, you know, what was it like making that jump to, to the AHL and acclimating yourself to life in Texas? Yeah, I, we had an awesome team in Idaho. I think, I think we were averaging like six goals a game or something like that. So, I mean, we had, we had a ton of guys who had a lot of points that year and a lot of guys who went on to play in the American League and some other guys who went on to play in the NHL. So we had we had an awesome team, and the coach, Brad Ralph, was unbelievable there too. He just let us play our game and, I mean, let us be creative out there. If we made a mistake, you just had to work hard to, to get the puck back and work hard away from the puck, and it doesn't matter what you do with it. So, um, it, yeah, it, and then it made it easy when I went up to Texas because then I was comfortable playing with the puck and, making plays and being creative again and 
Um, I think it helped that Willie Desjardins was the coach too, because as, as soon as I came in here, the or uh, sorry, went up to Texas. He one of the first things he said was he brought me in his office and he, he said, "I don't want you to change any any style of a game that you you think you have to." come here and play. I don't want you to change anything. I just want you to be yourself and play the game that you do. And that's why we brought you here. And um, he said he tried to trade for me a few times in the, in the Western league to get me to Met hat and play with him. So I knew that he had confidence in me and just him bringing me in and saying that stuff just kind of reassured it. Yeah. And that first full year in the American league was good, not only for you, but team wise. I mean, you had 47 points were a point per game in the playoffs, but on a team scope, you guys won the Calder Cup. Probably couldn't have asked for a better first full year in the American League. Yeah, that was crazy. We had and we had an awesome team. Um, we ended up having the I don't know what the President's Trophy is called in the American League, but we had the the best record in the in the minors that year. And, um, going through a long playoff run is crazy. I, I only played 14 games. Ended up tearing my bicep and playing the last. The whole last series, I think we only played four or five games. But, um, yeah, the, the whole last series I played with a torn bicep, which made it tough. But, I mean, in the end, it's all worth it. It's winning what everyone dreams of doing. And um, that's the ultimate goal is if you don't go to camp to, to have the best record during the regular season, you go there to, to win a championship. And, obviously, we had a great team. And um, that's one of the greatest days of my life was, was being able to call myself a Calder Cup champion. You know, uh, you, you talked about your time in Swift Current and how being in a smaller city, you guys were able to, to bond easier and spend a lot of time together. Uh, I got to ask, is it, what's it like being a pro hockey player in Texas? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's, um, it's funny because when we won the Calder Cup and we went out in, in Austin, Texas with it, and we, we took it out to, to 6th Street where all the bars are and, um, we're at this one bar and they're like, uh, like, oh, what'd you guys win? Are you guys, uh, are you guys the soccer team in town? And we're like, no, uh, we just, we just won the Calder Cup. We uh, we're playing the pro hockey team. Like, oh, no way, that's awesome. Didn't even know we had one. Like, yeah, that's that sounds that sounds about right. So it's weird. I mean, they have a good fan base, but the fan base is small. But who they have is are, are very loyal hockey fans, and it's great to see. I mean, in Dallas, we sell out or get very very close to selling out every single game and in austin we were we were pretty much the same i mean if we weren't sold out we were damn near close so now that 13 14 year was good because you won the championship but also you got a two-year contract from the dallas stars which was your first nhl deal after some ahl deals and that sort of thing so signing your name on a dotted line of an nhl contract i would imagine that's probably one of the the highlights of your your life so far yeah, that that was a pretty special moment for me and my family. Um, it was just a long time coming. It's like I said, I the journey's been the journey's been long and um, kind of took the the path less traveled. But once I finally signed that first contract, it all seemed like everything was was worth it, and it it seemed like all the long days and of just sitting in my room and thinking about not being drafted in the WHL and not being drafted in the the NHL draft, it, it just kind of makes everything worth it. And all, all the hard work you put in, it, it definitely uh, kind of puts everything in perspective and it makes you, you sit back and, and realize how good you have it. And um, Again, that 
not only winning the, the Calder Cup, but uh, signing my first contract, I think that year was just a huge, a huge year in general for me. And you played two more full years with Texas uh, before getting uh, called up in the 16-17 season. Your NHL debut, October 25th against Winnipeg. Picked up an assist as well. Uh, was that whole day kind of just a blur for you? Yeah, that might have been like, the fastest 24 hours of my life. <laughs> the whole day just flew by. It's it's weird. I don't have a lot of memories from that day just because you're. it's almost like you're having an out-of-body experience. It's like... It's it's like it's not really even happening. So it's it's weird that whole day I didn't have any time to sit back and relax and just think about it and enjoy the enjoy the moment. It was just everything was so fast. And I mean, I, I flew up and or no, I drove up sorry the the night before the game. And when I after I found out, I it's a three hour drive, so I didn't leave Austin till probably five. But then there's traffic. I didn't get into the hotel till like ten. So as soon as I'm getting in. I'm going to bed, so again, I'm not. I don't have any time to sit back and relax and enjoy it. Uh, and then the next day it was just like a whirlwind. Everything, like you're talking to media, you're doing this, you're doing that. You have meetings with the coaches. It's, it's crazy. And I mean, what a special moment, though. And it was. I I wish my family was able to fly in for that day, but uh, thankfully, I think like two or three days later, they were able to to make it. We flew to Winnipeg and they're able to come watch that game so it was special for the whole family you mentioned how your welcome to the echl moment was getting headbutted in the face what was your welcome to the nhl moment uh i i don't know probably well i mean playing that uh just playing that first game and i mean you get to go up against guys like shifley and then big buff is coming to hit you in the corner and you're standing like, even during the anthem. You're um, when they do the Star Spangled Banner. Every time they yell stars, the whole crowd yells stars. And I mean, hearing eighteen thousand plus yell stars in an anthem is gives you a little jolt to the system. And so I mean, that that was something that um, I remember sitting back, or not sitting back, but I remember standing there on the bench and going, "Holy man, that was loud!" So that it just kind of wakes you up and. Um, I think my biggest, I kind of had a fanboy moment though when uh, we played Pittsburgh and I got to line up against Crosby. That was something I'd always dreamed of doing. I idolized them when I played junior. So I think that might be the biggest um, welcome to the NHL moment for me. But I just think everything, everything in general is just, everything they do is such a production and um, it's more than just a game up there. And I think that's, kind of what I, I got from my first first uh, few games in the NHL. Did you win that face-off against Crosby? I did, but I didn't get a picture of it, so I'm kind of <laughs> mad about it. <laughs> you know, you're, uh, you're 17 games into the 19-20 the season, uh, all with the big club thus far. Uh, what, what conversations, well, as far as you can tell us, what are some of the conversations that you've had with the coaching staff this year about, you know, your role and, and what contributions you're expected to make? Um, yeah, I mean, I've had lots of conversations with them. Um, it's just one of those things that's tough when um, I knew coming into the year I'd kind of be a guy in and out of the lineup, um, just fill roles where, where I need to. And um, they, they kind of reiterate the same thing, just keep playing my game, playing well. Um, the stat sheets weren't 
really justifying the game I was playing. And But it's tough. I mean, you move up and down the lineup. Sometimes you're in, sometimes you're out. It, it's hard mentally on a guy sometimes. It's hard to, to stay sharp at times as well. So it's it's nice to hear that from the coaches to know you're playing well. And it's it's not a matter of you play, you're play you not playing because you're not playing well. It's just a numbers thing or a situational thing. It's um, But now you, you see it, it's... It, like I said, I, I play up and down the lineup, and now I'm playing with Jamie and Tyler, and things are clicking a little bit. And I mean, I have a, a few points in my last few games here, and um, I'm hoping to stick with it for as long as I can. But once the the next uh, situation happens or the um, next moment happens where maybe I got to move to a different line, I got I to be ready for that and be able to take the bull by the horns there too. I think you've always got to be at your best when you're playing in an NHL game, but especially when you've got Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn on your wings. I mean, just how aware do you have to be with uh, with being on the ice with those guys? <laughs> yeah, I definitely uh, I need to know where they are at all times so I can get them to the pocket. It makes life a lot easier when they have it. So, I mean, they're they're elite talents. They're superstars, really. So. I mean, you have a guy who's won an Art Ross trophy on my left wing and a guy who just got a 600th point on my right wing. So it's it makes life easy, and they're super smart. So, I mean, I just have to go out there and play my game. And that's I think that's one of my biggest qualities in hockey is that I, I think the game well. So as long as I'm out there and I'm, I'm thinking well and I'm moving my legs and playing fast, I think everything just comes naturally and it'll fit into place. And um, the last four games it has, and... Hopefully, like I said, hopefully we can keep rolling here. Now, in uh, March, the Dallas Stars gave you another two-year contract, which runs through next season as well. I would imagine you can't say enough good things about uh, the Dallas Stars organization for trusting and believing in you as long as they have. Yeah, I, I truly can't find the words to express how much gratitude I have towards them. They just, uh, I mean... I think this is my fourth or fifth contract with them now, and it just shows the the confidence they have in me and the trust they have. And um, I've, well, me and my wife have now called Texas home for the last seven or eight years, and it's um, they they've welcomed us with open arms. And I mean, it's somewhere that we can definitely see ourselves living in the future. So it's it's been a great. Um, yeah, like I said, seven or eight years for us and and finding a new home here and um, getting comfortable with everyone. And, I mean, I it's, since I've come here, it's been the exact same management, um, things like that. So I've known them for a very long time, and they've treated me so well. And um, obviously with resigning me, and they, um, they have faith in me, and, and I have faith in them too. So it's it's been a good uh, good relationship. Well, Justin, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time here. Really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck against Winnipeg tomorrow and uh, the rest of the way as well. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.
the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Podcast brought to you by Original 16. Uh, getting set to wrap up another episode. Big night tomorrow night at the Innovation Credit Union IPlex as a local sports program that has really been a program of excellence over the last few decades will be celebrated by the uh, Swift Current Broncos here. Swift Current 57's night tomorrow night. Yeah, add that on top of a rivalry night with the Regina Pats. Uh, the Broncos wearing those really awesome jerseys um, uh, that uh, kind of co-brand the 57's and the Broncos together. Some uh, limited edition merchandise, you know, hoodies, hats uh, that have that Broncos logo that's kind of, uh, you know, co-branded with the 57's logo, only available at the rink tomorrow. You can't come and get it on Saturday. You can't come and get it on Monday. You can only get them at the rink on Friday. So some uh, more incentive to come to the game. And, of course, uh, with the Regina Pats in town, I don't know if there's many people within the city limits of Swift Current that like the Regina Pats. So that <laughs> always makes it fun and uh, should be a fun game between two teams that are kind of fighting to, to pick up some victories here as the season rolls on. I'm not sure what it was or what just triggered that rivalry, but yeah, they, they seem to be the Broncos' biggest rival in the sense that the Pats are the most disliked team in town. I'm not sure what got them to that status, but uh, in any event, that's the way the uh, the cookie crumbles in terms of that. Also with that 57s night as well, Swift Kern Broncos season ticket holders, you do have a 57s night jersey draw ticket in your ticket book. Make sure and bring that tomorrow night and have a chance to win one of those limited edition jerseys. Big thanks to Dean Brockman and Justin Dowling for joining us on the Broncos This Week podcast. That'll do it. Another edition of Broncos This Week for Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week presented by Original 16.